Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast. Today, we got a very special guest, someone who I've had on the hit list for quite some time, doing amazing things in the sports business space. Pat Curran, how you doing today? I'm living the dream, boss. How are you? No, doing well. So like I said earlier, I've been following you for quite some time. In fact, we have like, uh, you know when you like say post? Um, <laughs> someone on our team was like, you need to get in touch with this guy. He's doing it yeah. the right way when it comes to sports business branding, um, changing the mindset of athletes and, and empowerment. So we'd love cool. to hear your story, how you got into the space, and uh, get into it, get right into it. Cool, I won't be too long on that. I could I could talk for hours about how we kind of <laughs> fell into this deal, but <clears throat> so I was a college athlete. I was a division one player at Bowling Green. I was just a dude. I wasn't like some elite standout guy. I was a walk-on, played a little bit. I quit because I thought I should have been playing more and I got out of the game. And I got into sports athletic. I, I, I thought like, I'm gonna work in the athletic department. So I had done some stuff at Bowling Green, did like a mini inter internship there. And then the guy who was my boss there ended up taking me to University of Central Florida after I graduated. And I was like a real intern. I was making 1100 bucks a month. I had some money coming in. I was living on my cousin. I was living in Orlando, Florida. My cousin went there. I was living in his garage on a blow up mattress in Orlando, Florida, keep in mind. And it was hot as shit. So I'm on a couch on a blow up mattress in the garage. So uh, anyway, and then I got my brother-in-law called me and was like, hey, we got this football coaching position open in this 2007 at Oberlin College at D3. I said, cool, how much? Uh, you know, what's the pay? And he was like, zero. I said, cool. So moved back home to Cleveland where I'm from, got into football coaching. I thought, man, I'm going to I'm going to be a coach forever. Long story short, I, I kind of worked my way out of coaching. My brother and I, who's my business partner now, started our first business in 2011 and from there, it evolved to us doing marketing and branding with these big media companies five, six years ago and worked with like the UFC, USA Today, CBS Sports uh, and these big media conglomerates. And a lot of times, a lot of it was fitness based. Most of it was fitness based. And a lot of times it was crossover with athletes. So we'd have an athlete come be a part of a campaign or, or we'd have a conversation about different things. And we saw so many athletes miss opportunities. And this is right as like IG starting to blow up as far as like a money making opportunity and, and YouTube, you know, obviously was well established, but still very few people in this space like athletes had YouTube channels. Even now, there's not that many athletes that have YouTubes that should so and then we look at their IG and we'd be like, man, they should, if they did this, this or that they would kill it or if they drop merch tomorrow or if they did this or whatever and so we shifted a couple of years ago to work with athletes specifically. And, uh, you know, NIL stuff is what is what it is. We, we weren't repping them on the court or on the field or in the cage as far as UFC fighter, but we were working on marketing and branding stuff. Yeah. Then when we got to this whole NIL college deal, we said about two years ago, when this passed for Florida, uh, we said, we're going to go deep into this game and we want to be a part of this. We want to help get ahead of it, start to educate people on what to do, how to do it, all that. Uh, I probably spoke to 75 different staffs last year. I spoke to probably a thousand athletes and that's it, like sometimes events or sometimes just in the DMs and let's get on a call type deal. But now what we do is we work with about 30 athletes. Um, I would say, I don't know the exact number. I think 
25 college and, and six pros. I don't know exactly what we've announced, but we've, we've got a couple of agreements we haven't talked about publicly yet. Uh, and we work with them on marketing and branding, business opportunities. Uh, and then obviously we do speaking and talking to different people. That's how we got from being a college athlete, who my brother was as well, to doing what we are now. Amazing. So take it back to your time at Bowling Green. If you yeah. had NIL in place when you were around and you didn't, before you quit, what strategy would you take to start? And man, it's so it's so long ago. Like you were probably in diapers when I was playing. How old are you? I'm 30. Okay, I was gonna say I thought you're 28, but I'm 10 <laughs> years old. But so eight years older. So anyway, this was 02, 02, 03, 04, and my brother and I actually were just talking. We just met with Meta, a guy from Meta today, yeah. and it was funny because we were on our way back. We were talking. Well, what year did the Facebook come out? We started to have it in in our uh, college, which was like my junior year. But if that time was so different, right? We didn't think, we didn't think about social media. We didn't have those things. If I could be that guy today. So I'm, I'm from Cleveland, which is about an hour and a half uh, east of Bowling Green where I played. I had a pretty good name. Uh, I was a, a very good player, obviously high school wise. And we were state champs. We were not the highest level, but the second highest level. So a, a bigger type school. I 100% could have sold a footwork program that people would have bought or a speed program. I got featured in like magazine uh, at the time, Bigger, Faster, Stronger, which was a, a bigger brand. I, I'm sure I could have sold programs on that end. I'm sure I could have hosted camps. I'm sure there was a merch tie into who I was and what I was doing. And then, you know, who knows what I could have built from there. And that's just what I would have done that now, like where I could have done. I know I could have been able to monetize. Now today I would have been, if like you say, show up today, what I would have yeah. been, I've been all over TikTok, and I probably would have been doing funny, crazy stuff, and probably not <laughs> football involved at all. Like maybe there'd be some crossover, but it would just be like athlete commentary and funny and stuff like that. Because I thought that was kind of my vibe or what my personality would have been at eighteen to twenty-two. No, I love how you talk about the differences between the two different ways you can make uh, opportunity. And that's just covering, that's, that's not even covering the surface, but you talked about, you know, something that you're already good at and building programs off that. And yeah. then getting on social from a TikTok perspective, which you're killing by the way, and doing that as well. Can you talk about how you work with athletes from a personality perspective, like if they're introverts versus extroverts and how they're able yeah. to navigate NIL? Yeah, so there's really two types of people we want to work with. One that are elite athletes, one that are elite creators. Hopefully it's the same person. It almost never is, right? So there's some elite athletes, like one of our guys is, he'll probably get drafted next year and be a, and should be a high round draft pick. And he's got a good personality, but if you look at his IG, you'd be like, yo, I don't know anything about this dude and he seems quiet, right? We have multiple people like that. So it's finding a way to have them find their own messaging and find their voice behind this stuff. Because I'm different than you, than all the other 30 people we work with. Then my brother, you know, my brother is a year younger than me. We've been together forever. We have different personalities. Like if we were college athletes today, we'd be doing different stuff. So it's helping them find their voice and exploring what they want to do. Some of our athletes are definitely going to be pro athletes. Some of them are definitely not going to be pro athletes. Some understand that early. Some don't know that till later. So how can we start to, to create this brand around you? whether it has to do with the sport or not. And a lot of times it's, it's in our initial meetings. Like, what do you want to be creating? What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. A lot of times they say, I don't know too. Like that's certainly an answer. We get a lot, <laughs> but all right, let's start to build. Let's start to send you some stuff. Here, here's an idea. Here's where I think you could do something. Here's a TikTok for you. Create that. Do that. Cool. Yeah. Got that. You like that. And then I'll send another idea. 
I saw someone do this. What do you think? Nah, I ain't doing that. Cool. You know, like, let's try to find that vibe and work from because if it doesn't come across as authentically you, we're all going to know that. And we're going to be like, oh, that was a kind of cringe. Like, why'd that dude do that? <laughs> you know, that's not like, that wasn't good. We all see it. So we try to avoid that at all costs. We try to also get people out of their comfort zone a little bit. You know, just because today you want to, especially, I don't know what it is with dudes, but multiple guys that, that we've had initial combos with, and I've talked about TikTok and like, nah, I'm not a TikTok dude. Yeah. And I'm like, if you if you want to be a good business person, you're on TikTok right now, just period. Just have to be. Yeah, you have to be. And it's a great business opportunity to like, there's the growth on TikTok is crazy. The, the engagement for some people can be crazy. So if you're not a TikTok dude, like you said, it's, you're just thinking of TikTok in, in a way that's not you. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of times, you know, again, I'm talking to 18, 20, 18 to 22 year old, they're looking at their friends who dance and do all that shit and, and whatever. Cool. I'm totally cool with that. That's you. We have multiple athletes who are, all they do is the trends and dances and that stuff. Cool with that too. But if that ain't you, let's not do that. Let's find your vibe. Let's find your message and, and try to hammer that out. No, most definitely. And so what would you say are some of the misconceptions around, you know, NIL that you get, you know, you get asked because you're dealing with a lot of different people, both from the athlete side, from the schools, from the parents. Yeah. And I, I consider you like a subject matter expert in this space. Well, thank you. I, I would say that the two things that I don't love to hear is like the negative aspect of like this place has Texas A&M as a $30 million collective, which Jimbo <laughs> Fisher obviously pushed back on if you saw all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so they try to highlight, and I don't know if that's true or not true, right? I don't know anything about Texas and we have one of our athletes. He's not mentioned any underground stuff to us. So I'm cool with that. Uh, a lot of people will point out that like, this is bad for college athletics or, you know, this is going to ruin college athletics. Yo, this shit's been happening forever. The underground <laughs> money stuff. Exactly. There's like four documentaries on it right now. Yes, it's been <laughs> happening forever. It's happening today for sure. I personally, we will not be a part of anything like that. So luckily we've not been approached on anything like that. And it'll definitely happen in five, 10, 25, 50 years. That's all going to happen. But this is a, a real life hands-on education opportunity too. Like these people, most of these people are not going to play pro. So if they can start building these small businesses around themselves, I absolutely love it. So I never liked that combo. Uh, and, and usually I guess that's, that really is probably the biggest thing is that, is the negative around that aspect of it. I think that is a misconception. Like I said, I think it's the best real life hands-on education opportunity of all time. This isn't, you know, sport management 202, like I was in and it's some fake project. I don't actually care about. It. I'm just trying to pass the class. Like, this is me like, Hey, player X, this is an agreement we have from company. Y are you interested in potentially doing this? All right, cool. Yes or no. Let's go negotiate. So one, you get an opportunity to potentially negotiate. Now, then we go to the creative aspect of it and you're building out creative on your social media. Like this, these are real business opportunities that we're now doing way more valuable than the stuff that you're doing in school 99.9% .9 of the time. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love it. I think uh, changing the mindset of just a person who posts on social to a business person still can have the fun and the vibe and like be there, but think of like, why am I posting or how can I post or how can I build more of a community around that? I think that stuff's super, super valuable. No, that's, that's amazing. And then when, when we think about athletes now as businesses, like you said, yeah, obviously TikTok necessary in terms of social media priorities or different things that you need to take care of um, as an athlete creator, as an athlete business, what does that look like on your end? The, I know you said YouTube. I mean, not enough athletes are on YouTube. 
Yeah. LinkedIn, is that necessary at this point? Um, I don't ever talk to anybody about LinkedIn, but no. I'm not saying it's not necessary. I just think if, if we had to rank them, it uh -huh. wouldn't be up high. And, Good. and not to say that that's right or wrong. That's just my thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. I'm always IG, TikTok, IG, TikTok for, for two reasons. Where are the people that will follow you at yeah. probably on IG and TikTok, Snapchat, maybe. Uh, and then also from a biz and growth standpoint, not just that, but from a biz standpoint, where are brands spending IG, IG and TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. So, so we focus on those. We have a couple of guys with YouTube channels that haven't been super active. So let's try to work on that. And I would also say too, like our football players we work with, we signed them all a week or two before camp or during the season. So it was mm -hmm. like, let's hit the ground running. Like, how can we make some stuff work? Not an ideal situation. Try to get a rhythm for what's going to work in season while you also got class and life and everything else. Uh, our basketball people, kind of the same thing. We kind of got our football people in the door and then we started working on basketball and it was like right before the season. So for us, some of this long-term or long-form content, YouTube, Twitch channels, those are conversations we've had in the last couple of weeks with some of our guys uh, about, and, and I say guys, cause it's only our football people really at this point, because uh, all of our basketball people are still in season, but what do we want to build? That's going to be more of a longer form content. How can we not just be on TikTok or not just on IG, but how can we branch off and create more opportunities from a long-term perspective? I don't think everybody should be on YouTube. Uh, it also takes time, right? You're, if yeah. you're editing, which you, you'd obviously would edit something and then you'd want to put out clips other places. And so it's just a different animal. I think there's definitely value in it for some people. It's probably not something everyone needs to be doing today. Whereas where I would say is everyone should be on TikTok and IG though. No, most definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Can you talk about like the process of uh, like a brand deal opportunity for athletes? I know we're not going to get into specifics of what the money looks like. You know, yeah. people can just look that up, but take us through the process of athlete builds the brand on TikTok, IG yeah. brand reaches out or you reach out on behalf of athlete. Uh, talk about that proposal, things that are needed to happen to make it come to life. Yeah, it's tough because everyone's different. Yeah. And I would say I was talking to a, a, a guy in a college athletic department yesterday about maybe coming out to them and talking. He asked me kind of the same question as far as like, is it usually people reaching out or are you guys reaching out to them like brand wise? Mm -hmm. I would say probably from our perspective, which is probably different than a lot of other agencies is I would say 70% of our deals are from us going to brands, whereas mm -hmm. probably 30% of the deals are, are in, they reach out to us like, Hey, interested in so-and-so specifically how the process of that works is going to be different on every single one. So mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I can look at an email here from, from one person, they want to get on a call. This is a, a big time brand. They want to get on a call. They are already identify the athlete. We've worked with this agency before. Uh, branding agency they have multiple brands they work with they want to get on a call they want to know the number that we're we want to get we want to get paid for it they want to get they want to know that number before we get on a call get on a call <laughs> walk through the details and then hammer it out now we don't want to do that because we want to get more of an idea of where their budget is what they might be wanting to do can we try to make it more of a long-term type thing instead of just a one-off can it be three months of posts um, so that's this case there's another one where we've went, we've gone to them and we're building out more of a we're coming to them with the creative for the next three to six months here's an outline of what we think we can do what do you think and then here's a budget around that so 
it totally depends on what we're doing, who we're doing it with, and what the goal is of it. Ideally for us, we're always doing long-term type stuff. That's amazing. I think, you know, and, and again, that long-term is three months, six months, a year to us, yeah. you know, in this world. Now, it doesn't make sense for all those. Like we did one where one of our athletes did something with Curry brand around Steph Curry breaking the three-point record. But, you know, we don't need to be doing, there's no long-term around him breaking records, right? Yeah. We could have done some more long-term around Curry brand in general and, and something we'd like to do. But in this case, it made sense to do a one-off with them. And, it, and you know, we're doing some March Madness stuff. We did some stuff around the Super Bowl. Those make sense to do one-offs. But typically, we, we try to build more of a relationship because it's going to go better for the athlete and obviously for the brand too, because now it's not just randomly throwing something in your feed. It's like, yo, I work with these people. I really support this, and you should support this too. This week's episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast is brought to you by The Shift Group. Shift Group is turning athletes into sales professionals. Is your company looking to hire driven, competitive former athletes? Are you a former college or pro athlete in any sport and trying to figure out what's next? Consider a meaningful career in technology sales and let The Shift Group guide your every step of the way. Reach out to www.shiftgroup.io or email them directly at jr at shiftgroup.io. And then with that being said, you talked about um, not only the long-term thing, but you talked about from the standpoint of coming to the table with an already built out campaign. How do you protect yourself just out of curiosity from the standpoint of like, who's not to say they take, they have a great idea, but they want to do it with an athlete that they have elsewhere. Yeah, they could do that. They do do that. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, (laughs) but, but usually it's not it's more so built around our person. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, I was going to give an example. I don't want to give that example. No, no worries. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we, we come to them and like, here's what we want to do with this athlete. Does that happen to take and do do other places? Yep. Uh, You know, like we get shit stolen a decent amount. Mm-hmm. there's lots of people that follow me lots of people that come with our ideas and see stuff that we do or i pitch like yo this person should do this thing and then they go do that thing mm-hmm. great cool do it like we pitched and we we hosted an nil summit last year like in in may there's an nil summit coming on this year and it was like the first annual nil summit was like, yo we already had the nil summit <laughs> call it something else yeah call it something else and by the way the company that's doing it was at our nil summit so i just wish they would have called it something else and that would have been much better, but whatever, do your thing. We don't give yeah. a shit, you know? Um, so that happens. You get burned sometimes from, um, you know, from an agreement standpoint, once we have something in place and we're really talking like deep down creative and not just yeah. high level, like here's the general concept, then obviously we're protected more from an agreement standpoint on that. End. Okay. Perfect. Just wanted to make sure as athletes, you know, look to pitch ideas or get pitches that it's always important to understand uh, the stakes that are yeah. involved. Yeah, because because you know sometimes they will just take your idea and go. Yeah, so, you yeah, you can't really do anything. But you got to do Nike for taking that <laughs> Okay, good luck. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of you know people that are interested in working with athletes, and you know you being a former athlete and then now working with athletes, what advice would you have for them um, in terms of building out a business? Uh follow me on IG and TikTok and I'll give you a bunch of ideas on what to do, how to do it. And then two would be don't overpromise and underdeliver because that's what almost every agency does. Mm-hmm. And, and start small, like kill it for one person, then reach out to another one. Use that example of how well you did with so-and-so and then 
pitch it to another person, which obviously that first one is always tough yeah. too. Like I get that, but there's so many agencies, especially these, especially these big agencies and they like sell you on the world. And it's, I saw, I'll, I'll name a name here. I saw it was on, are you familiar with Boston with the boys podcast? Oh yes. Yeah. I just saw a clip and I won't even say the guy's name, but a guy was on that podcast and he works with CAA, which is one of the biggest agencies in the world. They work with athletes and entertainers and yeah. huge. Right. And uh, they, they had this initial meeting. They're trying to sign them. And the guy, one of the agents was like, Hey, what's your favorite show? And he was like the office. And he was like, we'll get you on the office. And, and he's telling this story. Right. Yeah. And he goes, he, he signs his first contract or size that contract to get him in his first NFL deal. He was a first round pick. And he comes back and asks them about that. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at that. Never heard a word about that ever. You know, they're selling them on some bullshit because they're, they know all these people and do all these things, right? Uh, and, you know, CA is one example. This example of CA is one example of one agent one time. I'm not saying they yeah. don't do this, but there's lots of times where we've heard stories of bigger agencies selling you on some bullshit and then you just become a number. So don't be like those people. I think we have a real advantage in what we are is that we, we started small. And so we could kill it with the people we work with and now we continue to do that. So, whereas a lot of people start this and they try to be like, Hey, I'm going to get you to work with this company and that company. And I've got deals lined up for you. And then you go there and they don't do it. And it's like, you know, you're going to people talk. Exactly. You know, people, they, if you do bad business with somebody, especially an 18 to 22 year old now in this college world, they're going to tell people. And, you know, I hear a lot of those stories internally about, you know, an agent that did something shady or did something like, you know, you could just Google shady agent or like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a, an uncommon story. So don't be that person, kill it, stay small until you, until you really do kill it and then try to move on and, and build more of a business around it. No, that's, that's very sound advice. Can you talk about you personally? Like, um, performing on let me not say performing but highlighting case studies and examples on your ig and tiktok has that helped you um with unique opportunities or is it just yeah. kind of exposing your your services yeah so like if you don't if you don't follow me on ig and, and tiktok i basically talk about great things on how to build your brand basically is like the high level of it but so i'll talk about what people do good on, on their own brand collabs or what they don't do good, where they could improve. I'll come up with ideas on like things like um, Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf going back and forth about who's the fastest receiver. And so I put out a video yesterday that did pretty well. And it was like, if Tyreek Hill just put this on a YouTube channel and then made a belt, he could probably sell that belt to a company too, like or sell the branding to it and be like the fastest uh, runner in the league or whatever. And then he started taking on these other challenges and he'd probably, it's a million dollar deal. Like yeah. it easily could be that if you wanted to build that. So that's what I'm talking about on there is, is how to be better as an athlete in business period is what I talk about. So for me, that's, I mean, that's the biggest business development tool I have is IG. I don't give, I don't even know what's on our website. I actually don't know what's on our website, maybe <laughs> prove it, but I don't know. And I don't care, you know? So for me, I get DMS every single day from, athletes, parents, coaches asking me questions. So we're at a point now where we're only going to work with elites from an athlete perspective. Again, either elite, elite creator, elite athlete. 
because uh, because we can be so picky and choosy yeah. but that doesn't mean i want to have a conversation with somebody i want help from a consultant standpoint and then like you said unique opportunities i spoke to tulane the whole entire athletic department last year on a panel uh, maryland flew me out to speak uh, i think i'm going to go to two other uh, an acc school and then an sec big time football school uh in the spring i've talked to both of them i won't say their names because i haven't signed anything or done anything yeah. but, you know that's the type of stuff because i, I think not to toot my own horn, but I don't think a lot of people talk about this stuff. And they, if they do, it's like, they're talking like an old dude talking, Yeah. you know, they're not talking to a kid who can translate it and think, Oh, okay, I can do that. Here's how I can make this mine or, or do it. So I try to talk like a human, not a robot. We're not some dude who's been in business for 25 years, but somebody who can translate the good things and make them relevant to anybody who's interested in growing their biz. No, I can definitely attest to that. Must follow. We're definitely going to have his information, uh, your information in the show notes. Um, simple case studies that you can follow, like literally save your post and apply it to uh, yourself as an athlete. So I appreciate you for doing that when it comes to, uh, you know, providing context and information for the next generation of elite athletes or elite creators. Yeah. And even like, you know, like I, I forgot to comment on something, a Justin Jefferson video I'm about to comment on and the, the ads. Okay. But like he did one with old spice a couple of days ago and Justin Jefferson, hard to argue that he's not one of the best players in the NFL, great player, but how he posted the ad did not perform well. And that's because of how he posted the ad, not because of who he is or what he did. But so like, even if you're a guy like that, there's things you can improve big time. Um, it was, you know, horizontal instead of long, it was a Heisman pose and he was holding old spice deodorant. So it was like, you saw it like the deodorant here kind of saw him here. It wasn't a great picture overall. And if he could have just shifted a couple of things, probably would have got double the engagements that it got and been much more successful. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Can you talk about from the standpoint of, obviously we've seen things that get athletes in trouble from a brand perspective. Yeah. So what are some immediate things, obviously, um, watch what you're liking, uh, watch what you tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any, any, anything that you got, you guys recommend for athletes to always look out for? Usually just say, don't do dumb shit. <laughs> like that, I think that's, you, you pretty much know what's dumb and what's not dumb. If yeah. you think, if you think for one second that I can't see a Snapchat of yours, you're crazy. Like, don't, if, if, Unless you send it directly to somebody, if it's in any public forum, it can be seen. Don't do it. Yeah. Like we had, we had one of our guys who's 21 plus and he just was like had a styrofoam cup in one of his pictures. And I was like, you know, I don't give a shit if you drink. I don't care if you smoke, especially if it's legal in that state. I don't know if it was or not. Um, I don't give a shit. Like you're a grown ass man. Do it. But when people go to look at this, when, you know, this person is a player who could play in the NFL at some point. Um, when the NFL comes and looks at it and they look at you versus not me, but like somebody like, you know, a, a comparative athlete to him and there's, and, and they're both really good and they both do great stuff on the field, but it looks like this dude maybe parties a little bit more than this guy. Like, you know, avoid that. Let's just take it down. So we took it down. You know, and again, I'm not like saying, don't go party, like do your yeah. thing I was in college, have fun, be smart. But from a posting standpoint, don't post the obvious stuff that you shouldn't do. Um, you know, we, we had somebody who had posted something from the their freshman year of high school. And this person is in their 20s, freshman year of high school. And it was like two guys kissing. And they're like, no, nah, that's gay. 
brand saw it and brand saw it, you know, whatever it is many years later and was like, Hey, we can't work with this person. And so like, you know, obviously you, you can't do stuff like that. You can't talk like yeah. that. And so one, maybe go delete old stuff. Um, he's a, he's a dude who was like completely embarrassed about this at this point. Mm-hmm. He didn't even know that this was out there. Right. Um, so obviously there's certain things to avoid. There's certain ways to conduct yourself. Uh, if your mom's watching, would you post that stuff? We're pretty basic with, with that. And rarely, I don't know if there's another example where I told someone like, yeah, you probably don't need to post that. Yeah. Except for that one. Well, if you have to think about it like that, you probably shouldn't post it. So yeah, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. Um, obviously this is a full athlete podcast. We'd love to talk about money management as it pertains yeah. to athletes and student athletes. Can you talk about, obviously some of these brand deals are very lucrative. How are athletes, you know, thinking about it now that they're able to make money at a younger age? Um, is that something that you guys assist with or something that you guys try to take note of in terms of, you you know, you're making money, these opportunities are coming, just be smart about it, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of more in that realm, since we're not financial advisors, we're not going to (laughs) give true financial advice behind it. You know, some of our people make well into the six figures. So, you know, in, in that case, and some of our people, they have financial managers already they work with. For mm-hmm. us, we want to help put them in the right places to be able to potentially work with some people. Uh, you know, hey, don't do dumb shit again. It's kind of <laughs> a good way to deal. Like, yo, you made $10,000 on a deal. Don't go buy a car because you made one deal, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or put that big down payment down. Like, hey, and also, you know, you made $10,000. We take our 15% agency fee. You've got to pay taxes on that. So that number is, is now, it's not 10K, right? So those types of things, we don't get super in depth with that. Again, you know, one, I don't, I don't know that world enough to tell you exactly what's the best way to do this or best this or, or stuff like that. And then to just from a legal standpoint, we try to stay around it. But like, you know, we'll have a speaker come speak around financial um, advice here with our people. And we'll do a Zoom call here next month. We'll do stuff like that where we, we try to give you important. some knowledge. Yeah. Try to give you some knowledge where we can and, and not let you be out there just freestyling it. Cause you know, I don't know what kind of money you were making at 21. If I would have made a hundred bucks, I'd have felt like a billionaire. I, you know, <laughs> I didn't have any money anywhere mm-hmm. and, and didn't have anyone where I could really ask for money. So, you know, if you get the money, don't spend it, be smart. Uh, some of our guys who, you know, really once you hit, like you're starting to make $10,000, you should have an LLC and start doing stuff there. So we've done that with our athletes as well Is like, yo, you need to have an LLC for your business too. No, that's really important advice because now you're seeing athletes, obviously NILs at the college level, there's talks about it moving to the high school level. So as athletes make more money at a younger age, it's important to, you know, yeah. get uh, there's high school teams. athletes making money. Yeah. <laughs> that's- on, on, I'm in, I don't know where you are. Where are you at? Uh, California, Sacramento. That's why I thought you were in California. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's athletes that make money. You know, Jada Williams at, at Sierra Canyon? Or no, Jada's not at Sierra, but she, okay. um, uh, Juju is at Sierra Canyon. I don't know if she's made money yet, but she's signed with Clutch Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jada Williams, who's down at La Jolla Catholic, La Jolla Catholic? La Jolla something. I don't know. But Jada's done multiple deals uh, with Wilson, um, with Jim Shark, and because she's in California. Now it's state mm-hmm. by state. Uh, California said, yes, we're good. There are states like Texas that are like, nah. And then there's other states that there's really like a gray area where they don't really say you can or can't do it. So you kind of want to avoid it really. 
So yeah, I mean, it's in a high school game already. It's unbelievable. And uh, before I let you go, talk about, you know, this is essentially the creator economy. Talk about the future of what it looks like as athletes, um, especially at the NIL level. You talked about elite athletes, elite creators. How yeah. can they continue to take advantage? You know, you're, you're talking about six-figure brand deals, yeah. um, different things like that. What does it look like moving forward and with Web3 and Metaverse and all these different things coming into play? Yeah. Uh, what would be like your crystal ball prediction and how athletes can best take advantage? I think you always got to have the mindset of building community around what you want to do. And so if it's on TikTok or it's in the metaverse in two years or, you know, Snapchat 3.8 or whatever, like in the future, like whatever it is, if you've sure. got the mindset of building community around and you've got people that are invested in you, the person, it's going to be beneficial from a business standpoint. So I don't know exactly what this stuff looks like. I know this is just the beginning of it. We're, what are we at? It's March, almost March which is puts us at like five months into this thing. Like we've barely, we're barely in the name image likeness. And so even from a brand perspective, most brands weren't budgeting for this stuff come July last year. So Q1 this year, you've seen more an influx of more money and more deals and partnerships. We'll continue to see that where brands will have specific budgets based around working with college athletes. So it's all going to continue to grow. Uh, I would always say, think from a community standpoint, think from a business point, standpoint when it comes to social. And you're going to be successful if you focus on that and build authentic content around it. Uh, I mean, that's the perfect way to close. Any lasting words that you would love to re uh, leave the audience with? I uh, really want to appreciate you for your time. I know yeah. uh, everything's okay. busy. Of course. Yeah. I would say this. I mean, so many people hear stuff like this or they look at my IG and they'll ask me a question and they don't do shit about it. <laughs> they don't change or they get like it. And I, sometimes I understand it. Sometimes they're just being lazy, but sometimes they're like, well, I don't know how we had an athlete who hit me up the other day and we were talking about doing day in the life stuff. And the athlete was like, how do I even do this on TikTok? Do I shoot it all in TikTok? Like natively? Yeah. So well, why don't we just do this? We'll just do it on your regular phone, like regular video on your phone. And then I can help piece it together on there. So sometimes I get it where they don't understand like how to take the concept and then do something. Wrong. But I do know this. If you don't do anything, it's not going to help. So go do something, go yeah. try. You know, there's lots of people <clears throat> who are, who come from, they don't have the elevated platform of being an athlete who are able to build these businesses who are less talented, less creative, and don't have that platform as an athlete does, but they're able to do it. Uh, so go do something and try. Man, no, I love that. I love that. That's what it's all about. Um, I was fighting it for the longest time when it came to the podcast, when it came to the TikTok, and I'm still working work in progress when it comes to TikTok and Reels. But like yeah. you said, that's that's the bread and butter. If you master that, then uh, you'll, you'll have a pretty successful opportunity in the business space. So uh, yeah. once again, Pat, thank you so much. For those that would love to connect with you, how can they tap in IG, TikTok? Where, where is it at? IG, TikTok, Twitter. I think that's all I'm on really actively. <laughs> uh, at Pat underscore Curran Media, C-U-R-R-A-N Media. And I'm on there every day. We got IG stories popping today. TikToks, I did two right before we came on. So I'm always talking about it. My DMs are always open. I'll answer questions. 
I I don't ghost people. I should ghost some people because it, <laughs> it's annoying, but I don't. So if you've got questions I can help, I'm I'm down to do that. Yeah, most definitely reach out. That's how we were able to get him on the podcast. So once yeah, again, yeah. Pat, thank you so much. And appreciate you. Uh, uh, I'm excited to you see where you continue to take uh, the business and how you help athletes, you know, maximize their name, image, and likeness and brand opportunities. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave hey, a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.